Wildcat football. Wildcat football. Wildcat football. Wildcat football. Wildcat football. Welcome to Married with Picks Podcast, Season 2, Episode 10, Week 8. Um, before we get started, remember we're available anywhere you get your podcasts, like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, feel free to comment, uh, ask questions, give us your opinions. All right, Steve, um, let's see, quick recap of last week. So you're kicking my ass in our bets amongst us. You're now up five to three, I believe, um, on the Bengals last Bengals week. beat the Ravens. That was a... Handily. Let down game, I think is what you call it for the Ravens. Yes, yeah, so you are up five that's what I, you to three. 40 bucks. I owe you 40 bucks. It was a big letdown for you. It was. It really was. You look kind of sad when we're watching that game. You, you look sad. Well, the whole and I time. never, normal, I'm usually like, the anti Raven, but I was totally on the Ravens. Yeah, you're getting your butts kicked. It was great. So, well, what can you do? All and right. Bengals are for real. And then um, overall on the week, Steve, you were five and two, depending where you got the Miami line. But on our sheet, it was two and a half. So that was a cover. Um, mm. I was um, technically two and one because I only gave one pick and two underdogs. And then I said a teaser on three teams, which the Rams, depending where you got that, wasn't covered. Um, but I had it at nine and a half. So it was a cover. You keep having winning weeks. Um, so strong picks. All right. So we're we're helping people out there figure out some of these games before Sunday kickoff. Yeah. Well, hopefully they can take what we say and, you know, use their own input and make the right picks. So valuable picking going on on this podcast. I'll tell you that. All right. So here we are week eight. We only have two week, uh, two teams on by this week, the Ravens, thank God, and the Raiders. Um, so first game on the list is Miami at Buffalo. It opened at minus 11 and a half and it's up to minus 14 and a half. And Steve, I'll let you start this week. Well, if you remember the, the bills, the bills are good. I think personally, I'll just come out of the gate and say, I think the bills are going to roll here against Miami. Um, the last, when they played uh, week one, they lost to Pittsburgh. And coming off that loss, they they waxed Miami thirty five to nothing in week two. Well, that was the game that Tua got hurt, and it was um, Jacoby Brissett for most of the game. Yep. So they knocked Buffalo is the one that knocked them out, right? So he didn't last long at home. Uh, coming off the second loss of the season in week seven, in week seven uh, versus the Titans, I think we're going to see a lot of the same uh, in this game. So Tua got knocked out with a rib injury. He didn't make it out of I think the first quarter. We'll see if he can survive this entire game, but uh, this time it's in Buffalo. And uh, even though the line's skyrocketing up, it's 11 and a half open, right? It's up to 14 now in most places. Who knows a kickoff? This is Friday night, so it might be north of 14. But I think he can expect a lot of the same. 35 nothing. I'd be shocked if Tua gets out of this game as well. Um. Well, I mean, I guess I'm pretty much with you. You got Buffalo. It was kind of rolling for a while there. They had a tough loss to the Titans right before their bye week. So they're going into this game. Um, and I don't know what the weather's going to be like in Buffalo, but we're in um, Pennsylvania. It's starting to get cold here. So that well, might... remember we made the point or I made the point last week that, you know, we, we went again. I went against the Bills. And because I thought it was a point in the schedule where they were going to lose to the Titans. They were just coming off that big win against the Chiefs on uh, prime time at the Chiefs as well. 
you know, so it was a bad spot after that uh, kind of a letdown game, if you will, against the Titans. So I think they bounced back here against Miami. I think Miami's exactly what the doctor ordered here. They're going nowhere quick. I look for them to, you know, win this by <laughs> they, they probably up in the twenties. Could be a three touchdown game. Um, all right. So next game on the list is Carolina at Atlanta. It opened at minus two and a half. It's at minus three in favor of Atlanta. Um, did you want to talk about this first or? Uh, it's not a strong play for me. I'm, le- you know, I'm leaning towards Atlanta just because I, Carolina has looked so bad and it's almost like they figured out Darnold uh, in this offense. So uh, especially after that, coming off that very poor outing against mm-hmm. the Giants last week. But, you know, do, do you have a strong play here? No, to me, this is two bad teams um, facing off. I have no faith in either one. <clears throat> um, Darnold had a rough outing against the, who was it, the Giants? Giants in New um, York. So, I mean, you could argue bounce back for him, but I have zero faith in Darnold. Um, Here's the problem for me is like, you know, Atlanta shouldn't be favored against anybody. They're a three-point favorite. So, you know, when I initially looked at this game, I was like Carolina, Carolina, Carolina. But this the last couple of games have really stung with Carolina. And um, it's very hard to, I think, uh, really pick a side on this game Sunday. Yeah, I got no nothing on that one. All right, Steve. Next game up is your Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Detroit. Um, it opened at minus three and a half. It's still at minus three and a half. And you know, Steve, a football team is like flour. Um, it has roots. It needs water and fertilizer to grow and pop out. Um, so I think you guys are going to get hosed. Personally, um, this one to me. Nick Sirianni there. Yes, I am. Yeah, nice. Um, so, I mean, to me, I, I got to give Detroit a lot of credit last week. I mean, I honestly thought it was going to be brutal for Goff. I almost thought, you know, he maybe he wouldn't make it through the whole game. Um, but they competed and they were in it right up until the end. And then, I mean, Jared Goff did Jared Goff things and throw a pick and ended the game. But they were in it right up until the end. So, to me, if I'm Dan Campbell in the locker room this week, I'm telling that team that this is the week. This is the team. This is where we get our win. And to me, this t- this game comes down to the coaches. And I have a lot more faith in Dan Campbell than I do in Mr. Flower Power um, over there. Okay. Nick Sirianni is his name. And um, that really says a lot because I know oh. how much you love Dan Campbell. <laughs> It's not very much. I think he, I think he's a good motivator of his team. And I think that's what Sirianni was trying to do. But I mean, if you're a grown man sitting in the locker room and your head coach pops a picture of a flower up on the screen and starts talking about its roots and water and fertilizer, like, what are you thinking? What are the guys in that locker room thinking? I mean, I respect the like the concept but the delivery is horrible. I don't know. It seems like we're rooting for a high school football team here. So and the talent's not high school. You know, they got a lot of good talent on the team, but I just feel like I'm watching the same team over and over and over again. They're not adjusting their plays. They're not, you know, it's almost at this point as if Nick to prove a point will not run the ball. And we, you know, it's, People that are not watching these Eagles games, I mean, you hear fans say run the ball all the time when you're watching an offense that maybe runs the ball 70, 30, you know, sometimes 30 percent, you know, is not that much. This guy's running the ball two times a game. 
You know what I mean? Like it's like 97, 3%. It doesn't make any sense, especially, especially when you have a quarterback such as Jalen Hurts, who's young and needs all the help he can get. If he's going to um, maturate into a, a quality starting quarterback in the league, regardless, everybody needs a little run game to work off that play action. It just makes passing that much easier. So there's no way you can tell me that you can completely neglect the run or that you can argue these screen passes or two yard dump offs to the running back or like runs or the read option is like a run, even though the guy never run, hands the ball off, he always pulls it back and either he'll run himself sometimes, but um, looks to pass all and, and not a lot are complete. So I don't know. All right. This is sounds like you're going Detroit. I'm definitely going Detroit. Do you have a pick on this game? Listen, I have been on Detroit the whole season almost, like trying to figure them out. I like them coming in. Um, I feel like they burn me all the time. So I just don't understand where the line's three and a half. And um, I keep going back to last week. They Detroit pulled out all the stops, try to beat St. Louis. You know, they had a couple, they had an onside kick, they had a couple fake punts, um, and they still couldn't win. It was like a big letdown game for them coming into this week. How can you get up for Get up the for the Eagles? game that you can actually win. Well, the problem is, is that, you know, it was rah-rah win for Jared Goff because of the big trade. That's very, you know, obviously the big trade between quarterbacks in the offseason. So this is the game that he wanted. He felt spurned by the Rams. He just got dumped and traded. And after being the franchise quarterback, the number one pick overall in the draft, taking him to the Super Bowl three years ago. And then they just traded him and he didn't even know about it. He heard it on Sports Center or whatever. They called him at the last minute. Like that would piss you off. That was his emotional game. My point is, is as much as I hate this coach. This is a cover for the Eagles. There's no reason why this line should be three and a half. Detroit should be even to given the Eagles points. How Vegas, do you figure? Vegas knows something Detroit's here. record is 0-7. There's a lot of people that love Detroit in this spot. And I think they're just overlooking the emotional letdown from last week. I'm taking Philly. No, I don't know. I mean, to me, last week was a win for Jared Goff. I mean, nobody expected him to win that game, but at least it was a competitive game. But all right, we've spent. They're not gonna it's, listen. Well, hey, if, listen. If fake field goals and onside kick work this week, then Sirianni tr- truly is an idiot because well, that hell, stuff works when you're you not know. expecting it. But they should be expecting it now because they just saw last week and they have tape of it. Now, all right, we spent way too much time on that game. So let's move on to more competitive, um, meaningful football games. Um, next up is the Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. Um, it is. Opened at minus two and a half, and it's still at minus two and a half on my card. Um, but I thought that shifted um, in favor of Indy. So this one kind of pains me because I love the Titans. I couldn't pull the trigger on them last week, and they obviously um, played a good game against the Chiefs. Um, I pulled that trigger. But I think that this is just a bad spot in the schedule for them. They, in the last two weeks, they beat the Bills. They beat the Chiefs. Um, this is a division game. They played um, earlier earlier in the season, and the Titans won that matchup. Um, so to the extent a lot of times these games get split, it's also, um, you know, it's kind of a must win for the Colts. I mean, they've been playing better the last couple of weeks. Um, Carson Wentz, I guess, is getting healthier and more comfortable. Um, and so 
I think, you know, from their perspective, it's a must win. And I just think it goes that direction. So TJ Hilton, you know, flashed two weeks ago, didn't play last week. And now he's questionable coming into this game. T.Y. Hilton, sorry, TJ Hilton. T.Y. Hilton. Is that a, is that a factor here at all? Uh, I don't know. You know, I mean, he's one of those guys, maybe he's a little long in the tooth at this point, but I will tell you a few years ago, um, T.Y. at home. He's against, only 30. So, I mean, he's still got some well, wheels left. Um, T.Y. at home uh, against a bad secondary was money in the bank. So, um, I think he's questionable in this game. So, but if he plays, well, um, he played in that game two weeks ago. He had eighty flyer. yards receiving. He did, know? and it kind of puts a different dynamic on it. Um, well, I think you have um, who's the one guy? Pittman Cam- Junior. Yeah, well, well he's Pittman there, Jr. but then takes a back seat. It looks like they started getting chemistry in San Francisco last week with Carson. So that's the thing. If Ty comes in, it kind of changes the chemistry, but it gives them two threats, two legitimate threats out he, there at receiver. Well, and there was two other guys: Paris Campbell and um, Zach Pascal, and I think yeah. one of them or both of them might be out. Um, so you know that opens it up for. Uh, T.Y. a little more, too. So, I mean, it's definitely worth flyer in a DFS lineup. Well, for me, I don't even know that T.Y. is going to play. So, that's the point I'm trying to make is, that, you know, I think if T.Y. doesn't play, I love uh, Tennessee here if T.Y. doesn't play because I don't think they have enough guns. Indianapolis is coming off of this um, big win in San Francisco on Monday night. So, I'm expecting a little bit of a letdown, even though it is Tennessee, their division rival, coming in here. Um, they're just really starting to gel with Carson, and I think Tennessee is gelling. They had the blip on the radar against the Jets, but during that game, they had no A.J. Brown. They had no Julio Jones. And they will have no Julio and this week. Julio is out this week, but what they proved was... After coming off that loss against the Jets, Julio was not available the next week, but A.J. Brown was, and they could move the ball with A.J. Brown in there. So without Julio, I think they've proven that they can do it with A.J. Brown and Henry running the ball. I don't think that Indy's ready for prime time yet, and Tennessee has proven that they are. Carson, I think, is still figuring out. He's getting better, and you know that I'm big on Carson. Uh, an you're Eagles also fan, big, and I like, like Indy. Yeah, but I'm not taking Indy in this position. Also, I like Tennessee. You're a big spot in the schedule type guy. So, I mean, to me, that's kind of part of the reason why I make the pick that I make is because you have the Titans coming off the two monster wins. I mean, the Bills and the Chiefs. There's two things in my head. And I agree. This would, to me, could be a normal spot for Indy. But I think what trumps it is the Monday night action for Indy. Um, teams that win on Monday night, a lot of times they have a letdown the next week, especially I think if Carson is just starting to figure it out. Um, I think Tennessee has too many weapons. They're already there. Indy's still climbing up. I think by the end of the season, these teams are going to be evenly matched, if not Indy ahead of them. But I don't think that's going to happen this week. I like Tennessee. I just think Tennessee's a better team right now, week seven. They're a much better team than Indy. And I just can't get over this Monday night San Francisco win, which we did have. I had Colts big, but I think that's the ebb and flow that I'm concentrating on here in the schedule is them winning that game. I think they come back with a a loss here. They're favored. Um, And I just can't. I just don't think Indy has jumped that point. Because they're giving, I'm not. I don't give San Fran any credit. I don't think San Fran's that good with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, so I think the line makers here are giving too much credit for that win and overlooking the fact that it's coming off Monday night and it could be a letdown here on Sunday. 
I really like Tennessee here. Well, I would make it a bet, but I feel like it jinxes my play, so I'm not going to do it. Oh um, Come on. No, I'm taking the week off. What? I'm, I'm taking the week off. Jeez. Um, all right. So next game up is. Um, you tell me if we disagree on like the next six games. I mean, we got like 10 games to talk well, about. That, You're not because gonna... it's the Titans. I like the Titans. I'm picking against the Titans. I'll it's already a, a bad I'll find a, game here. a bad spot for I me. I think we might have a game here. So I'm definitely not going to bet you. I'm not going to make a bet with you against the Titans. All right. Well, let me roll into this next game. It's the Rams at Houston. And the line started at 14 is now up to 16, maybe 15 and a half. I like to jump out on this game because I think it might surprise you on who I like here. Um, Tyrod Taylor is coming back. He's, but not, he's not starting. It's Davis Mills. But they did bring him off the IR and have a roster spot for him. So he's, you know, I'm assuming that he's going to be dressed and ready to go. So I like the play here. I, I could see Davis Mills starting them losing at halftime and bringing Tyrod Taylor into this game. Mm-hmm. And Tyrod Taylor basically did not look that good. Um, I believe they were playing Denver. Um, or no, he hasn't played yet. I'm thinking about uh, Bridgewater. But I think if he's Tyrod Taylor is going to get in this game at halftime and bring them back into a cover against the Rams. Okay. I like the fact that David Johnson is now uh, starting at running back. I think he gets an opportunity. He'll be excited to play. Um, he's backed up with Philip Lindsay, who's going to get his fair share of carries. You know, he should probably get six to ten carries. Um, split the load a little bit, but David Johnson's the lead so far, the lead running back from what we're hearing. Well, like because Mark Ingram's gone? Yeah. Because Mark Ingram got traded. So it clears the path for these two guys to be excited to like finally get a chance to start. So when Tyrod Taylor gets back in this game, which I believe he'll get in this game at some point, he's just not going to start. Um, I think Houston can play it tight enough where this line is going to go, you know, probably up to 17 by kickoff. Um, well, I mean, to me, it's it's just too big of a line. I, I can't touch it. But I, I would never back the Texans. Um, if it was Tyrod, it would probably be a more competitive game. I think this is where um, you still you, value. I know I'm getting a little risky here and saying that Tyrod Taylor is going to come in at halftime. You know, I, I'm not sure, exactly sure if he's going to suit up. I, he is he is off the IR. He should right. be suited up in the backup quarterback here. And I don't think that I just don't think that they want to fire him out in the mix. He'll have more flavor. Uh, let's say he starts the game and he sputters in the first two drives. Right. I think it, they're looking to get a little spark off the bench if Davis Mills struggles. And if not, Davis Mills keeps rocking. They can let him play the whole game. Regardless, I think you'll see Tyrod at the end, you know, Taking snaps at the, by the well, end of the game. I don't know how much Houston is really trying to even compete in these games, or how much they're making decisions based on that. At least in the the upper management um, and the coaching staff. You think they're so, tanking? Uh, I don't know what they're doing. Um, and a I'll lot be, of teams out there might look like they're tanking. I'll be glad when uh, November second is finally here, so I can stop hearing about whether Deshaun Watson is going to get traded or not. Um, I but I mean, to what's me, what's that date? What's the trade deadline? The second, November second, right? Tuesday. Um, so, I mean, to me, the bottom line is I think the Rams win this game, but the Rams don't care about covering a spread. They care about getting the win. They got the Titans, the 49ers, the Packers coming up in the next three weeks. I mean, how much of their energy are they going to waste on trying to beat the Houston Texans by 16 points? So, I mean, I can't take it. 
um, at that high. Yeah, I can just see where they're just, you know, if they're not going to be tight, it's not really going to be that competitive of a game, but it's a lot of points. So, all right, next game up is Cincinnati at the New York Jets. This open at minus three and a half in favor of Cincinnati. It's up to minus 11 at this point. Um, we have uh, Mike White is going to start for the Jets because um, Zach Wilson, is that his name, got hurt last week. I don't even know who Mike White is. I don't know where Mike White came from. Um I mean, it's a big line for the Bengals when you think of the Bengals, but I mean, this year's Bengals are five and two and on top of the AFC North. So out of the big lines that are on the card this week, this is the one I like the most. Um, I did bet it earlier at minus nine and a half. I would prefer it down closer to 10, but um, I... I just don't see what what the Jets have that they're going to be able to do with a a no name backup quarterback. Um, so eh, I'm kind of inclined to take Cincinnati, and they're going to be my survivor play this week. I think. Yeah, I'm going to use Cincinnati too, where I have them available. I use them on the Thursday night in a couple spots, but have yet to have any eliminated. I have four spots. Um, do you have anything to say about this game? I like Cincinnati. Okay. Um, I know the lines jumped up tremendously, but, you know, I think you just play against the Jets. Cincinnati, it looks like. What I don't like about this is the spot and the schedule, really, because there's, it's a sandwich between two big division games where they had Baltimore uh, the prior week, and I believe that the Browns lined up for next week. So it's not a good spot. In, it's kind of, could be like a considered a letdown I mean, week. It could be a letdown, but. Yeah, but the Jets start uh, Mike White, like you said. And he's been four years in the NFL with no starts. He's been on the practice squad uh, with the Jets since 2019. So mm-hmm. last week was his first action. This is his first start. I don't well, gee, what does that tell you that he's been there for that long and never got a start in New York? Well, and the Jets have been like the dread of the NFL. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Since then, you know, so you're, you know, like they never really cared to see what this kid had. Yeah, exactly. Um, like how's he just getting his chance now? Well, I mean, Darnold, you know, took a lot of those snaps since uh, was that time. Adam Geese, but okay. All right. So next game up is Pittsburgh at Cleveland. It opened at minus two and a half in favor of Cleveland. It's at minus four. This is a division game. It looks like Baker Mayfield will start. And I think Chubb is questionable, but it sounds like he's trending towards playing. Kareem Hunt is still out. Um, so to me, this comes down, I think, to the coaching Um so I think uh, Kevin Stefanski will be better prepared. The Mike Tomlin, Big Ben on the road is always a little risky. The Steelers are a little risky this year. So um, <laughs> this year, I gotta I gotta go with Cleveland here. Big ben, I, mean, I they, like Cleveland too. They pulled out the win last week without uh, their starting quarterback and starting running back. So I think they can they can pull this one out too. So Pittsburgh's three and three, mm. and Cleveland's four and three. Mm. So let's say Pittsburgh wins this game. They move to four and three. Cleveland's four and four. Pittsburgh would have a better record than Cleveland seven games into the season. And it just doesn't seem like that should be possible, especially when you see the grit that um, Cleveland displayed last week with Casey Keenum and winning the game. Um, I think now that Baker's back, uh, you should see Cleveland, I think, win pretty handily. And it's really a play against Pittsburgh. I just don't think Pittsburgh is that good. 
Okay. You know, Cleveland's defense, you know, one other thing, Cleveland's defense, they proved last week they could win with Keenum. Their defense is carrying that team. They're getting a lot of pressure up front. Pittsburgh has proven that when they go up against a really good defense that, you know, Ben being a little slower, he's releasing the ball a little, it takes him a little longer to get rid of the ball. I think that he will struggle with this defense and Cleveland could eat. The dog pound could eat this week. All right. So you're picking Cleveland. Absolutely. All right. Next game up is San Francisco at Chicago. Um, It opened at minus three and a half in favor of San Francisco. It's at minus four. Um, Matt Nagy, the head coach, is questionable to be present at this game due to an illness. Um, I don't know that that matters too much. Um, This one also comes down to coaching for me. Um, I got a side with Shanahan. I don't have a lot of faith in the 49ers as a whole. I don't think they're overall that good of a team, but they're in a very good division. They're sitting at two and four. um, So this is, you know, got to be a must win in Shanahan's mind. Um, So I think he can do enough. I I mean, I would prefer it probably closer to three, but I got to take Sam Fran here and it doesn't feel good. So is he confirmed sick or is he, he been in contact with people positive, that are sick? And he has to have two negative tests 24 oh, hours apart. Matt Nagy, the University of Delaware product goes <laughs> down. They'll know Sunday morning is what I read. All right, I like Chicago here. I just, again, I don't think San Fran's that good. Uh, you're getting four points at home. I'm not a huge fan of Chicago, but I'll take them here. I think it's they a three-point game. They have a few injuries on their defense. Um the name is escaping me, but um, so I got lit up last week. So, all right. So, are you picking Chicago? I like Chicago. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm definitely not betting you on that one. And uh, next game up on the list is Jacksonville. Jacksonville versus Geno Smith. Traveling to Seattle. <laughs> it's at minus three and a half in favor of Seattle. Obviously, we have Geno Smith at quarterback. Does Geno get the win? Um, you know, this game, I wouldn't touch with a 10 foot pole. I have zero faith in Pete Carroll, Urban Meyer. I don't know what the hell is going to happen in this game. And I don't want to be sweating it. End of story. You want to make a pick on this? Yeah, I love Trevor Lawrence. I think that's the guy you look at here. Trevor Lawrence is young. He's spry. He's improving. And I think he's the one that's in this game is going to power their team to the win. I think that's the key to this. Geno Smith, how many points is he going to put up? Well, you know? also, I mean, you know, you throw a ball to DK Metcalf and let him run no, it down I was just the field. Say, like, I mean, if you're the Jaguars, Smith, secondary is not every very other good. Throw should be a, to DK Metcalf, right? I mean, and they hit him down the sideline last week for a touchdown early in that game, went up seven nothing, and didn't throw the ball basically to DJ Metcalf well, the rest of the game. Maybe two receptions, and I don't think he got yeah, another look D- until inside the two minute warning of the DK, first half. DK Metcalf is turning into a little bit of a premature diva in uh, the NFL. Well, and he he's got was, great hair. He was getting into it with, um, was it Marshawn Lattimore? And, um, you know, it's just not a good look. He was on Twitter arguing with who's that. Well, he's an idiot. All Shannon res- Sharp, most receivers in the NFL are idiots. But the problem, fact is this dude can play. So. If I'm Geno Smith, I just throw the ball up, try for pass interference, or just let him make a play. He should get 
15 targets legitimately in this game. But well, he yeah, but and that's why I said I don't have any faith smart. in Pete Carroll to take that approach. I mean, that's probably the winning approach in a game like this. So Geno but. Smith, take this to heart. Geno Smith, three and a half. I see three and a half, three in some places, but it looks like it's flashing at three and a half point favorite against an NFL team. I'm taking Jacksonville. Mm, I'll take the points. I'm not touching it. All right. So at least now we get to maybe some more interesting games. Ah, your boy Belichick. So up. the next game is the New England Patriots traveling to L.A. to take on the Chargers. This open at minus five and a half in favor of the Chargers. It's at minus four and a half in favor of the Chargers. My first like take when I looked at this was the Chargers. Right. Um, but I, I second guessing it. Um, and I went back and looked and these teams played last year. <laughs> the final score of that game was 45 to nothing in favor of New England. Now this I was this was Justin Herbert as a rookie. It was the Anthony Lynn Chargers. Um, so I think that does make a difference. But I mean, how much different is it? from late last year to mid-season this year for Justin Herbert. Like, is he going to be that much better against Belichick now? I don't know. Um, they're coming off a bye. Before the bye, they had the tough loss to the, the Ravens. So I think they show up. They also have – the Chargers have the worst run defense in the NFL. Um, so I think that Belichick can scheme up a, a running game. Um, and the short passing game to kind of put up some points of their own. So listen, real quick, from a fantasy perspective, because I know this impacts me as well. I My fringe running backs in a lot of leagues is Harris in New England. So would you say this is, you know, every once in a while I'll get him in my flex. I really got other guys that if I put my best guys in, Harris is sitting on the bench, but I'll hit him in the lineup. I've done it, you know, a couple of weeks this year. Is this a week that I should put him in then? Yes, I would put him in. All right. So if you're in that same position, you have Harris, the running back at uh, New England. So, sure I mean, I think the Patriots can compete in this game. So I think maybe the Chargers still win, but I think I got to take the points and go with New England. I mean, it doesn't feel good, but. You know, you can say that he was just starting his career and he's going to progress at quarterback, but I just can't get over the 45 to nothing shellacking last year and you don't usually turn that around one year later well, and, and you see a lot of times where it's scheme related and that that translates year after year after year like you saw the chargers against baltimore until this year like three years ago in the playoffs they went and owned baltimore up until this year but that was a three or four year run where they were owning baltimore i think it's flips here i think I would take New England in the points. Well, let me see. They always say like Bill Belichick will take a bet, take away your best player. So if he's going to take that approach against the Chargers, who's who is that? Does he take away the deep threat, Mike Williams? Does he take away Keenan Allen, who typically had been that guy, but I think he's been less so this year with the emergence of Williams. Um, you also have Alson Eckler at running back. I would although take he, away Eckler, but it's harder to take away Eckler because he's also very effective out of the backfield. Now, so. he did pop up on the injury report today, oh, yeah. so that's another thing to that's watch out for. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of back and forth, but I think you take the points. And... Um, I think for me with New England, I still can't I can't get that that Houston Texans game out of my head when I think of the Patriots this year. Um, so I struggle with that. But 
Um, yeah, I'm going to go with New England. All right, so Ackler was a full participant on Wednesday, but he felt soreness in his hip after practice and was sidelined on Thursday and Friday. So it sounds so like a play, but... Well, I don't know. I mean, he played Wednesday, but not Thursday and Friday. So I think that, to me, is scary. Usually you're trying to take the days off earlier in the week, and then Friday's the important day. So we'll see. Maybe they're just playing it smart and getting them some rest. Hopefully that's the case. He is questionable, though. All right. Um, so next game up is Washington at Denver. Um, it's at minus three and a half in favor of Denver. So, I mean, I think Denver has kind of been underperforming both on offense and defense. Um, Von Miller, who was talking kind of shit before last game, and then he ends up leaving, <laughs> motivate the other team, right? leaving that game. And, and leaving uh, his teammates out to dry. He's right? questionable for this game. So, um, Washington wasn't able to really do much on offense when they played the Chiefs and the Packers in the last couple of weeks. So they only put up like 13, 10 points in those games. So, them traveling to mile high worries me a little bit. Um, but I, I can't take Denver as a three and a half point favorite, favorite based on what they've done. I mean, they lost last week to the Browns with, you know, half their starters missing. Um so it doesn't really feel good, but I would lean towards Washington um, on this one. Do you have any thoughts on this game? Well, this starts a stretch against Washington where Denver is going to face the NFC East three straight weeks. They got Washington, then they go to the Cowboys, finish up with the Eagles on November 14th. Um, Denver, remember, is a team that won three games out of the gate. They've lost their last four. And Teddy Bridgewater came back last week. But, you know, reports are after this game that Teddy Bridgewater was about 70, 75% healthy. Um, but coach decided to start him regardless. And, you know, they struggled. But he seems to be uh, as a full participant this week in practice. They say he's back to 100%. Um, I, Jerry Judy uh, should be back. I don't think he's playing this week. Is he not playing? No. That's important. Let's just take a look. Broncos receiver Jerry Judy sits out Friday, but team's still optimistic he will return against Washington. Okay. Mm -hmm. So regardless, he may or may not play. I like Bridgewater, though, and I don't like Washington in the spot. You go like opposite of me. When I go opposite of something, then you go opposite. What do you mean? Well, because I was a big like Denver fan in the beginning, and then they kind of let me down. So now I'm, I'm on Washington in this one. You well, were always on against Washington. This is, I'm you jumping were always Washington against here. Denver, and now you're on Denver. Well, here's the thing. I think Denver's good enough that they, they would be able mm -hmm. to take away McLaren and um, – I think once you take away McLaren, that, that offense struggles. So I like Denver here. Um, it's a really big play on Teddy Bridgewater. I like Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I think he looked good until he got hurt early in the season. And um, obviously, Denver lost four games in a row. I love for him to you know, flip back to the, win, the winning side this week. You want to bet on this one? No. Mm -mm. I mean, you kind of talked me off of Washington a little bit there. So I have no confidence in this game whatsoever, though. Um, next game up is another interesting game. Tampa Bay at New Orleans. This um, is the one I'm going to get you on. Well, it opened at minus four in favor of Tampa. It's at minus four and a half. Um, so this is a, a division game. These teams played twice last year in the regular season, once in the playoffs. When they met in the regular season, both games, the Saints held 
Brady to three points. Um, Tampa was able to beat them in the playoffs to go on to win the Super Bowl. Now, this is obviously the Jameis Winston Saints, not the Drew Brees Saints. Um, the Bucks are going to be without Antonio Brown again, which I'm really upset about this. Um, and it sounds like Gronk is going to come back. I almost wonder whether they'll have Gronk doing a little more blocking in this one, though. Um, so let me ask you this real quick. Because Antonio Brown's out for the second straight week. So that void, wouldn't that void, if, let's say he was going to be out a couple weeks, or at least for an insurance plan, if he could get the guy to agree to it, wouldn't that be a good spot for Deshaun Jackson to try to work a trade out? They've you know, seen a propensity to bring on these free agents from other teams, kind of like they're cherry-picking all-stars off of other teams. I could see Deshaun Jackson there. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if Brady would really want Deshaun Jackson. Why? Well, who wouldn't want Deshaun Jackson? Well, the I question is, Deshaun Jackson wants out of there because he's not getting enough activity. But here's the problem he's with have to Deshaun. He's going to there because he'll probably be the fourth guy and not Here's get the, the problem with Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson wants to be the guy. And Cooper Cup is the guy in um, L.A. So... Tampa I, don't, Bay. I don't even know that he wants to be the guy. I just think he wants opportunities. He but why had one couldn't game he, with three passes and 120 yeah, yards and a touchdown, and out, they haven't thrown him the ball since. Why couldn't he beat out Van Van Jefferson for the Can third receiver spot? Or are they just, you know, they're looking at the young guy. If the young no, guy I think you got like a guy you're like... You're not going to play the 34-year-old. You're going to play the guy you just drafted. You're going to play the guy who's doing better at practice. Who's more of a team player. I think he was insurance plan in case Van was no good. I think that, you know, Robert Woods is more like a team guy. He's okay being the second guy and letting Cooper Cup get all the touchdowns. But Deshaun Jackson wants to be the one scoring all the touchdowns. They're just not getting the ball, Jacqueline. It's not like he wants to be number three. Yeah, exactly. It's not like he, of course, he wants to be the guy to get touchdowns. I agree. This guy just wants to hit the field. He just wants well, to spot I mean, on the field. you got to work your way onto the field. Clearly, if he's on the field, Deshaun he wants to Jackson score doesn't think he has to work his way onto the field. I don't know, but no, I think that I don't this think is to just, answer your question. They're going with the young guy that they drafted. Tampa Bay is not a good spot for him yeah. to go. All right, so let's get off that. Um, let's so, go back to Tampa Bay and New Orleans. So let me finish Fired my. Fired up on that one. It was a good question. Let me finish my spiel. Um, so we have no Antonio Brown. Um, we'll have Marshawn Lattimore on Mike Evans, who um, anytime he goes up against a good corner, he kind of fades. So he's never had a good game against Lattimore. Um, so that really kind of limits Brady's options. Um, plus, I don't know to what extent the fact that Mike Evans, because I don't think like Brady and Mike Evans necessarily have a great chemistry. I don't think he's the guy that um, Brady wants to throw the ball to. And then him giving um, Tom Brady 600th uh, football to uh, the fan in the stands. I don't know if that went over well um, yeah, in but Brady's that's just, mind. That's just reaction. Oh, it just shows that he had no clue or didn't care. Wasn't paying attention to what was girl, going on. It, it was a grown man. He gave it to a grown man. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, so I worry about um, Brady in this game going up against the Saints defense a little bit. But at the same time, this the Tampa Bay Bucks now are not the same Tampa Bay Bucks that played the Saints last year. Um, and then you have Jameis on the other side. Todd Bowles would have been the defensive coordinator in Tampa for at least one year when Jameis was there. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what to do with this game. What's your take? I like New Orleans. I think it's too many points. Okay. Division game, three-point game, maybe a four-point game. But this line's going up to four and a half. I think it'd probably go a little higher. You're playing in New Orleans. 
Um, the only thing that worries me on the Tampa side, really, and you didn't really mention it, um, so I'll just throw it out there, is Leonard Fournette coming back home uh, to NOLA. If you know, remember, he was an LSU product. So um, he's Those a local boy a good and could defense. be motivated to get – well, that's what I'm hoping for. Malcolm Jenkins and the boys know um, – have a little familiarity, like you said, with last year's two regular season wins against Tom Brady and uh, – our boy Malcolm Jenkins kind of had something to do with Super Bowl 52 against Tom Brady winning. So I think that I'm going to ride that side of the ball, that Saints defense, and hopefully they can contain Tom Brady. The major thing for me with that offense and Tom Brady is that he needs AJ, he needs um, Antonio Brown in there to for them to be fully clicking. And um, I think for an insurance policy, if you can get Deshaun Jackson to agree to it, because if everybody's healthy, Deshaun's out. But I think that's the missing piece that if if Brown's out, you can plug him in. And that's a speed guy down the middle that'll stretch it out for, well, for they didn't put and for Evans. They didn't put it, um, Antonio Gronk Brown. he's healthy. Is they Gronk playing? Yes, Gronk is playing. Okay. They did not put Antonio Brown on the pop list. So that would um, imply that they he's don't. week to week expect him to miss more than three games so well they're trying to win the super bowl that's the only thing i'm thinking well, I mean, is he they heard- clearly don't care they've had two running backs in, in uh jones and fournette and they went out and got giovanni bernard so you know that's what i'm saying they're not averse to bringing these you know all-star type talent in they have to agree to it but i mean hey would you be would you rather ride the bench for tampa bay and Tom Brady, or would you rather? I think if anything, Deshaun Jackson should go back to Washington for when Ryan Fitz, Ryan Fitzpatrick comes back because those two had chemistry when they were together in Tampa Bay, and that's what Deshaun Jackson needs at this point in his career. Um, but enough Deshaun Jackson talk. Um, all right, so yeah, I think I side with you on that one. I mean, I hope the Bucks win, but I think it could be a close game and maybe not a cover there. All right, let's get out of the four o'clock games and get to Sunday night. So Sunday night, we have Dallas at Minnesota. Um, Now, it opened at minus two and a half in favor of Dallas. It shifted to minus three in favor of Minnesota because of the news, I guess, of Dak Prescott. And what is it, his calf? I don't even know. uh, Yeah. But apparently he's questionable. Um, By the way, Gronkowski is questionable. He's not He's questionable, but I think he's expecting to play. Okay. so this was the Sunday night game and I was going to be all over the Vikings as the home dog, but now they're favored. So I get, why get are a, they favored? Is that anticipating that Dak's because not of Dak. Play? Yeah. I can only assume because I mean, they're a public team. The money would have been all over them at only minus two and a half in this game. Yeah. But a line moves like that when you confirm the guy's not playing. Well, from what I read, he said he's hopeful that he can play, but it's not just his decision, like implying that, the you know training staff or whatever might hold him back. They must have inside information that he's not going to play. Yeah, I mean. So I mean, I think he is. So so the gamblers are betting. The people who are moving this line are betting that he's not going to play. Yeah. And I think it would be the smart thing for Dallas because they're in a division where they're not going to have a lot of competition. They're have a I think a three game lead on the rest of the pack there with the Giants, the Skins, and the uh, Eagles. So it might be the smart thing to do for Dallas. If that if Dak plays, I love Dallas here. I mean, I just don't think Minnesota can fire with them. So, I mean, I, I, I'm going to take Minnesota in this game regardless, um, because obviously if Dak doesn't start, then who who's the backup 
What's that guy's name? Uh, horrible. He's yeah. horrible. So, Tom, Tom Horrible. But I don't want to take Minnesota as a three-point favorite by any stretch. Is it the Narducci guy? I guess so, yeah. Um, Nucci? Narducci? I don't even know. Danucci, I think. Danucci. So, yeah. I mean, that kind of hey. messed up my, my pick on that game. But, um, all right, so last game up is the Monday night game, and this is the New York Giants traveling to Kansas City. It opened at minus 13 in favor of Kansas City. It's down to minus 10. Um, I mean, the Chiefs, obviously, I don't, on no um, planet did I expect the Tennessee Titans to hold them to three points last week. So I don't really know what's going on with Kansas City. I don't know what the problem is. I don't know if... Um, you know, there's there's stuff that we don't know um, if it's just the adjustments that the defenses are making to kind of avoid the big plays and they're not adjusting to. They don't seem right, do they? Mahomes. Well, I mean, I think the defenses are kind of playing a lot of cover, too, and really focused on taking away that that deep threat Tyree kill. Um, are, are defenses blitzing him less? Like, you know, when you saw Mahomes come up. He got blitzed a lot. He would go on the run outside of the pocket, made these like amazing throws on the run. Right. And I, I think watching him, and I, I mean, I was at the Eagles Chiefs game. I see less of him kind of wheeling and dealing. And I don't know if that's basically a product of the defense is saying, hey, let's not blitz him because he's burning us so much and they're sitting back more people in the coverage. I believe that's what's occurring, making it more difficult for him to pass. So I think, you know, he's got to start taking those intermediate routes and that's really where you got to start working the tight end and hitting your running backs out of the backfield. So I think that Kansas City is going to get it together this week. Um, Well, I think to me, I mean, it's a must win for them. Am I going to take them at Minus ten or more? No, um, I would. Oh, but it's going tease down because the New York knuckleheads are betting this game. You know they're they're well, betting the money. Well, it's going down, down because the it's, the Giants have a, a decent defense. Yeah, but it came out of thirteen. That's a true line. There's no major injury or health person coming back in that, to this picture. That should change a line like that. This is pure money betting down. So I look at it like, hey, the true line should be thirteen. We're getting to that nine and a half right now, right? That's a three and a half point bonus. That's over a field goal. I think you take Kansas City here. You know, if this game goes down below 10, you see this being a 30 to 20 score. Hmm. You know, I, I like Kansas City here. No, I don't. I mean, I, I just I can't go that high with them. Would you go nine and a half? So where's your where's your threshold for the line? Probably seven. Seven, you would take Kansas City. Seven and a half, you would take the Giants. No, I'm not going to take the Giants, but. Seven um, and a half, you just would not. I don't want to touch it. Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So you're not as absolute as me. I'm like, if I don't have to go this way, then I'm going this way. But you know, just laying off. So you're saying seven and a half layoff. If it goes down to seven. Well, I don't think it's going to go down to seven. Monday night, we got an extra day. It could go down to seven. Well, and those, I mean, the Sunday night games, I mean, that's part of the reason I was going to go with the Vikings because the Sunday night games, the Monday night games, they're the public games. They kind of tend to go against what you expect. So. I mean, I could see the Giants keeping it within 10. But all right. So that does it for the games. Steve, your best bets of the week. I mean, I like Buffalo. I like Make sure you get them all out. I like Houston. I like Cincinnati. I like Cleveland. I like Chicago. I like Jacksonville. I like Denver a little bit. Um, I like New Orleans. I like Dallas if Dak plays. I like Kansas City. 
I like all these games. Okay. I'll tell you what. When I looked at this week, I struggled early. The more I looked at it, you know, let's just say Friday today when I sat back down to really kind of put pen to paper as to what my selections were going to be for the show, it came quickly. So I like the picks. Okay. Well, I hope you got them all out. Um, so my best bets are going to be Indy, Detroit, Cincinnati, and my underdogs, depending on what happens with uh, Dak Prescott, the Vikings, and the Lions are an underdog. Um, I am not going to go down the list and pick every game like you just did, but that's fine. We know why I just did that. <laughs> I know. I know. But I'm not going to explain it on the podcast. Well, the Love best bets there. are the best bets. Peace out.